0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Strength in the Numbers. Our guest mentor today is Rashab Sawansuka, who started his finance and accounting career as a chartered accountant over 20 years ago. Largely gaining his experience in taxation, technology, change management and ERP with very large multinationals like Schlumberger, Coca-Cola, Oracle. And he's now gone on to be a founder and chairman of BizStreet.biz. Now, what I really liked about this podcast is that it's littered with really useful advice throughout our entire conversation. So it was actually really hard trying to pull out the key points because there are so many. So the ones that we do touch on is the discovery Rashab attributes to turning him from an accountant into an entrepreneur. Why technology is really helping us to do what we should be doing in the first place and why this will create a load of opportunities for accountants and finance professionals. Rashab also deconstructs for us three simple steps in terms of breaking down data to make better sense of it. And also a really cool concept, his ecosystem or shared economy concept that has been around for a long time, but Rashab has got a real novel way of implementing it to serve and add value to businesses better. So I really encourage you to listen into this and there's a number of resources mentioned and I put all those in the show notes along with some really fantastic quotes and the bits of advice. So you can find all those at, at sitnshow.com slash podcast slash 064. So without further ado, over to Rishabh and the show. Good stuff. So Rishabh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. So Rishabh, look, uh, we've had some... Really interesting exchanges on LinkedIn, but in some of our audience may not be as familiar with your background and your journey in accounting and finance. So would you maybe mind taking a few minutes to share with us your journey? Yeah, uh, in accounting and finance and your career? Yeah,
1: sure Andrew. I actually started uh, from a small town uh, wherein I started with my chartered accountancy in two thousand eighteen years ago. And then from beginning the career in accountancy, I was the first one in the family who chose to do accounting as a profession everything everyone else was uh, you know from the science background so i was actually kind of a rebel in a way but then i decided to enter into corporate world i started my career in 2001 from oil and gas india's largest oil company indian oil corporation there i i was thrown into sap rollout uh, start start from the day one it was the biggest rollout by sap itself in india and the, there they started this IS oil concept as specific to oil and gas industry. I was part of the core team and then uh, doing a lot of change management, a lot of process documentation. Then I decided to move on to another company called Schlumberger. Schlumberger was basically into uh, oil and gas, oil field services across India, 22 locations. and accounting and finance always uh, been my uh, forte, but to, to be precise taxation and the business advisory was I was into, and I thought I thought that you know how accountants burn their midnight oil. I always used to wonder on my initial days that you know, we did chartered accountancy. Okay. can't we use can't we use some technology to make our life easier? We have our families back home, so but uh, you yes. know all of all, but everybody was saying no no no. We accountants are are designed to spend time in offices because I said that we are we are account uh, <laughs> we are not office keepers. So, but anyway. Yes. So, but uh, I the, the first realization and the first moment of happiness came in my life when we did the implementation of SAP in a company like Indian Oil with having 500 location across India, and uh, I was the first one who completed the closure of the financial by uh, of annual financial in 14 days, and I got an award, mm-hmm. and then I re- then I realized the power of ERP if we use it. The problem mm-hmm. was that you know people were not using the ERP the way ERPs were designed. So okay. then I moved to then I moved to an ERP company, Oracle. I was global uh, globally looking after their indirect tax. And then I did an Oracle implementation worldwide with Fusion, Oracle, Fusion. I interacted with the top leadership of Oracle. We did 25 acquisitions during my tenure of four years. So every month we used to integrate some or other company into our Oracle parent fold. And we, we used to wonder, um, can we have one month leader? But, you know, Larry Ellison, Larry Ellison never uh, gave breather to anyone because the company was growing organically and inorganically both. I was involved in Sun Microsystems integration and I got exposed to yeah. the uh, global world of uh, accounting, merger, acquisition and you know, how integration takes place and what are the challenges in terms of uniform accounting practices, IFRS, etc, etc. But then, uh, all of a sudden, I think the the big thing came in 2008 when the depression and the recession came and everybody was talking about total cost control, you know, uh, that the revenues are going down and people were shelving their plans for capital expenditure and all. That time basically then I moved to uh, FMCG space, I became national head of tax for Coca-Cola and uh, Coca-Cola being an FMCG company with uh, 25 factories across India and a large distribution network of uh, 3.5 million people selling coke or any other product of the coke it was a big big ocean for accounting and finance and tax because the transaction the volume which we were handling was humongous mm. and the kind of sense the kind of sense which we were supposed to make from the data was also very challenging so there i implemented sap again in 2013 but uh, the biggest discovery I it took place in my life which made me an entrepreneur in accounting and finance was Snapdeal. Snapdeal was like a Alibaba format for India, it was an e-commerce company. And we were the highest seller of Apple iPhone, 5, 550,000 iPhones we sold, iPhone 6. And when Tim Cook came to India, actually he met with, with our founder, who was a young guy of 32 wow. years. So then I realized that you know accounting is not the capturing of the data. Accounting is much beyond making sense out of data. And then in October 2015, we formed GST Street because uh, the India was going through a biggest change of taxation on the earth, like goods and services tax for 1.2 billion people. So then uh, the GST Street started and I opted the, the mode of shared economy, shared ecosystem, because the best cannot be hired, but it can always be shared so this is what my yes. my little journey of learning and i'm
0: still learning and i'm learning every day <laughs> yeah, yeah i love i love um, how you're all about learning rashab because again when we were speaking previously it I, that that really comes through and you made some very interesting uh, points actually when you were going through in your career journey uh, i'm going to pick you up on the first one i know it's way back but burning this midnight oil that that's something that really I couldn't quite understand when I ventured into industry uh, as a as a young accountant you know why why did we have to work late at period ends why did we have to stay in the office after everyone else I mean we're we're clever people we've gone and got an accounting qualification you know surely we can figure this out and you know, like I always challenge people that I've I've worked with or worked with me that you know I think in one case I took away people's overtime and said you will figure out how to do what you need to do in a forty-hour week and mm-hmm. and guess what they did they're smart people they're accountants so so how did you take on that challenge of getting around burning the midnight oil how did you solve that one? Yeah,
1: actually, I tell you when I started my career that time I I was exposed to a computer data room wherein the all over all around me there were computers and we were sitting in the middle of it.
0: And I was told that you know all
1: the 40 location data will come, and you have to process it. And it's a 10 days exercise. Three people working day and night for 10 days, and uh, generating some 26 report out of 40 locations. So basically, in nutshell, thousand odd report used to generate in 10 days. And then our senior used to review those report and make some sense out of it and make some filing out of it. So basically, uh, after two months of working in this. Environment. I figured out that I need to automate the repetitive processes, and I am talking about two thousand one. That time, yeah. uh, my boss said, "You know, we don't have any budget for any technology because we are implementing <laughs> we are implementing SAP. So uh, at, at maximum, he could approve me was a trainee, uh, at, at, yeah. a at technology trainee, and then I was supposed to work after office hour. I was strictly told that you cannot work on any project um, within the office hour. I said, okay, fine. I am fine with that." Uh, at that time I, I was young i was not married also so i decided to <laughs> <laughs> so I decided no, I, I, feeling, yeah. so I decided to work on those process automation and after one month we created a, a very simple uh, you know visual basic based some tool which was running on the macro and in half an hour time we were able to process one location so 40 location we were able to process in one day so even mm-hmm. even we could schedule the processes and by the time we come next day the our reports were ready. So it was like, you know, dream come true, because for all the two, three people, we actually went out and had a big party and uh, after that we told, (laughs) we told our boss that, you know, we are going to have this party quite often because now, but, but we will come to office for 10 days, but we will have fun because our reports will be ready for one in one day. So that was the power of, you know, uh, cutting down the processes which require human intervention which can be done through machine or through the course or the languages. But that is very old time when SAP and ERPs were not very popular. But now I think the time has really changed artificial intelligence, machine learning, deep learning, and so many stuff around there. We can actually make smart use of it.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I think, you know, I I have to see a lot of my own journey in what you've just described there, particularly the fun angle, okay? Because look, it's, it's one thing to have a career, but if it's not fun... It's going to be difficult to get out of bed in the morning and give our best every day. So I really like how you how you you brought the fun angle into it. Completely agree. And but but it does take effort. Sometimes we need to to put in a bit more effort to get the results out. But the results will accrue afterwards. So it is worth sometimes working a bit longer, a bit harder to go solve something that will make our lives easier, more fun in the long run. So completely agree. And and I also agree on your point about artificial intelligence and these other technologies. I think, you know, that's what we've, we've spoken about previously. But in your mind, I suppose, then what's really exciting you about uh, the profession or what you're doing at the moment?
1: So what excites me today as a professional, uh, what I am doing and what I see others doing is that, you know, people are uh, uh, right now waiting and watching about the technology. But technology is disrupting every field to which we are exposed to on our daily life. The way mm-hmm. the way we are commuting, the way we book hotels, the way we book our cars and all those stuff, the hospital healthcare, every industry is getting disrupted, fintech and all. Now, my take on is that, you know, as an accountant, we need to develop the new processes of preventing frauds, preventing uh, the, uh, the process lacunas, because that is where our textbooks are also failing. Because whatever <laughs> accounting textbooks have been written well said have now been become redundant so you can yeah. you, you they have never imagined that from a retail boss machine to balance sheet the journey will be seamless for a transaction so we have to come out of the silo thinking and then create the processes wherein the, the future accountant will, will go with the uh, with the smart tool he will he will plug and play and then you know capture the data and then do the decision making based on the data not based on the assurance so that assurance based audit will be thing of past. That's what I feel and I am excited about it. That in the future hmm. the data based decision making
0: will take place. And is this unlike but you know, and particularly what you said earlier, you know, that your realisation that accounting wasn't about capturing of the data, it was more about making sense of it. So in effect the technology I think is where you're going with it, Rashab, is it's going to allow us to do what we really should be doing in the first place.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because if, if we see IBM Watson or if we see the, the, the new technologies which are being given to us in, in the form of mobile technology, I'll give you an example that uh, last year, before last year, whatever business planning and forecasting we used to do, we used to do based on the last mile connectivity, we always say that India is a vast country, it is very difficult to reach out to the rural part and tier three town, tier four town, etc. But now whenever we do a business forecasting, India today has got 900 million mobile active data users. So the whole country is connected. So it is very easy to reach out to anybody at any given point of time. So this is a big change we have seen and this has actually created a lot of business opportunities for accountants. I give you a small example. We have started a global shared compliance service center and we were targeting clients outside India, but today the situation is. That we are getting more clients from India. Because more and more com- wow. companies are comfortable with giving their non-core activities to us. And then we are doing it in a, in a very, very methodical, process-oriented manner by using technology. we are giving them the results in the form of uh, dashboards, in the form of key matrices, which they never got earlier. The business, business owner or the CFO or the CEO, they, they, they are not interested how we have captured the data how we have won our midnight oil, they are interested in what is there in, inside the data. Have you identified those problems? Have you identified those opportunities? Have you identified the threats in, in time? Because today, if any company has got a governance failure, the ultimate failure goes how they are capturing the data, whether they are doing their correct accounting or not, whether the revenues are recognized in, the, in a timely manner, whether the costs are not inflated, not gold pitting is done. There are so many things. Unless, until we use the technology,
0: we cannot figure out. Uh, Look, I completely agree. And it's great to see and hear about the the value propositions of accountants being realized, particularly in a shared service environment. So in terms of that making sense of the data, Rashab, you know, like part, part of our, the reason why we have this podcast is so we can practically break it down or deconstruct it for our audience, some simple steps that they can follow to make sense of the data so they can add more value in their own careers to their businesses. Could you perhaps maybe break that making sense of the data down for us into a few simple steps that we could all perhaps follow sure sure i i will say that
1: in 2007 when we set up the global shared service center for oracle it was set up in bangalore in india where we had around 400 people team handling every country accounting as well as value added wow. services and oracle being a big present in every part of the country every part of the world except north korea we found that you know the Indian accountants were smart enough to you know uh, get into the shoes of their country accounting uh, very easily in six months there were Hong Kong accountants Singapore controller and you know uh, Middle East controllers and all those stuff South Korea controller and all but everybody was sitting in India so wow. there uh, the, the three things which I will I will tell and I want to tell through your podcast to everybody who is listening that see uh, the first thing is that you have to create a mindset at the top that the the accounting and the controllership a lot of things which are non-core can be outsourced and Mm -hmm. and the choice always remains with you where you want to get them outsourced but before that you should qualify your processes because whatever i can i cannot do i cannot outsource very simple Exactly. So for, firstly, I should know my business and if I don't know my business, there are people who can you know, slice dice your business and tell you what are the core processes, what are the non-core processes. So first get that thing fixed first. The second thing is you have to create process champions within your organization who, who are going to control the processes because you can outsource the process, but you cannot outsource the controls. <laughs> So control control should always remain with you because it's your business. It's none of the business of the shared service provider wherever he's sitting, whichever part of the world he's sitting. He is not bothered whether you lose your business or you you make profit in your business. He's interested in his money, his his, uh, services. So you should have proper checks and control. The third part is the change management because the technology is changing fast. Your business scenario is changing fast and tomorrow you may have a complex accounting situation wherein you are buying from China and selling in Singapore. The things may not be coming to your home your country. And then you have to be cognizant of the taxation because the global taxation, the digital economy taxation is a new concept even OECD is struggling with today. So, we need to know what are the development things which we need to be cognizant of. So there, yeah. you have to develop either in-house capability to decode all the taxation of various countries. If you are a global company, but if you are a small startup, if you are a small uh, city-based business, then I my suggestion is that you know you should focus on implementing some tools or application which are easy to use and and not very expensive, so that you can know about your business, that how you are achieving your business goal, and where your whether whether your accounts are reflecting to our business goals
0: and efforts or not completely agree look I really appreciate you laying out those three steps and and calling out for the smaller businesses as well Uh, the fundamental though it's really about understanding our business the processes and getting those right because I mean ultimately that's where accounting started it was really about preserving value recording data getting it together getting it well governed getting good quality complete accurate data and then from there we can start making good decisions on it uh, reporting on it analyzing it and making sense of it all. So look really good practical advice for Shab. Thank, thanks for sharing that. Uh, and there was one other thing when um, when you were talking about your journey, you mentioned this idea about the shared ecosystem, which which in my mind, I, if I get it right, it's more like a partnering mindset, you know, like yes, some skills out there. Yeah. yeah it's like this collaboration like like there's some great skills out there and like it's very difficult to get ownership over skills and the new model for em- employment i guess is is people not necessarily plumbing for one employer of choice but having Having the opportunity to to pick and choose our employers to work on things together or collaborate with others on things. So I, I'm a big big into collaboration yourself. But do you mind sort of sharing your concept of shared ecosystem with our, our yeah. audience, please, Rashad? Yeah, uh,
1: for your audience, I would love to share the shared ecosystem. The shared economy is not a very new concept. It it, it was there even one thousand years ago. Because I visit lots, yes. I visit lot of museums and I found that. Even that time when communication was not there, internet was not there, shared economy was still there. And and we, we all started with barter and barter was uh, before currency came. So barter was nothing but shared economy. So now, uh, uh, in our model of shared ecosystem, the GST Street we started with, then we moved to Taxi Street and then we moved to registry Street. Because the business as a whole need uh, experts, seasoned experts who can deliver the projects. Now it is not freelancing, it is not aggregation, it is not marketplace. I want to tell you it is very, very different because consulting is not a commodity. Because whatever shared economy we have seen by far uh, so far is like Uber is a commodity, car driving is a commodity, hotel is a commodity. Yes. You can always price them. But I cannot price the time of Andrew, I cannot price the time of Vishal. Yeah. Because it, yeah. it will it will vary depend upon the subject, the situation, and the client. If 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 some client pay me two thousand dollar, I will charge two thousand. If some client pay me ten thousand dollar, I will charge ten thousand dollar. Depending on the work. So if if yeah. uh, we we create a marketplace like situation where every uh, everybody's price tag that will not work. So we decided that we will work only with the premium expert uh, premium expertise, which is by far not easily available. And yeah. and in our ecosystem we uh, onboarded 400 seasoned experts worldwide and on our website, you will not find them intentionally because we do not want them to be labeled. We do not want to be tagged that they are looking for some work in the market because they are not because we believe that those people who have the capacity to deliver what they promise and the best advice I got from a very renowned Big Four partner when I started working on this idea he said that Rishab, promise what you deliver, and deliver yes. what you promise. Yes. So then, I, then I thought this this way because the biggest flaw in the freelancing is that you know people can promise moon, but they can't deliver the earth. So there, yep. there I for I found that you know this approach wherein we work with them, we build their capacity, and we take use of powerful networking so that they will, uh, these people will also come up. At the same time, in our partner ecosystem, we have Big Four accounting firm, we have Big Ten accounting firm, we are working with the top lawyers. So we can deliver complex projects very easily because we believe in power of shared economy
0: globally. I, I love how you, you gave us a bit of a history lesson as well there, Rishabh, because I think we forget this because we get so focused on digital economy or the current uh, currency, dollar denominated economy, all the numbers, we forget that as human beings, we started out by sharing and bartering. The bit and that's how we got by uh, it, I think particularly to, in to tough me, times.
1: Yeah, the, to me, Bitcoin is nothing but a barter. Because if you see the distributed ledger system, whenever it will come, it will actually disrupt the, the, the banking, which, we do, which is uh, dominated by one or two or three currency. But when these coins will come, this will actually disrupt.
0: But, but again, I think, you know, accountants have been around for thousands of years as well. Yes. You know? And I, I think we'll continue to be around. I don't know what form exactly, but we will be because, you know, these things need to be recorded, understood and then made sense of. So, so again, it's about understanding our business, understanding what's going on. And I really love the concept of the shared ecosystem. So, Rashad, thanks for sharing that with us. Um I want I want to shift it up a few gears as well. I know you touched on a bit of advice there you you received previously but um but what's been the best bit of advice you've ever received in your career or your personal life?
1: I think uh, in my personal life I received the advice from one of my bosses in Singapore and uh, on this studio I would like to uh, you know name him also his name is Clarence Ellis he lives in Dubai and I worked with him uh, in 2008 he was my boss and today after 10 years we have become partners so the, the advice he gave to me and he's a very accomplished guy uh, he traveled across 40 countries and he knows the uh, taxation and accounting of these countries as well so he told me that rishab we work for three things knowledge money and fun if any if if anything is if anything is missing in your life then then you are in a wrong profession change your profession mm-hmm. So if if that. if you don't get the knowledge every day, or you don't get paid for that for your work, or if you don't have enjoy your work, then there is no point in continuing that work. And that was the best advice I got, and I thank to him that you know he showed me the right path.
0: Yeah, look, that's why that's why when when you know in the introduction to this podcast, it is about fun, it's about practical experience, yes. I use the word rewarding, you can roll money in there but there's experiences as well. That's a really good that's really good advice, Rishabh. Um I really like that. And um I suppose in terms of any resources that you could recommend our, our listeners, would there be any book or a documentary or anything you mind you could you could suggest to us?
1: Yeah, I would I would recommend them to buy uh, one book which I always read and I always find very very good the, and the name is Workwise, which is written by Mr. Bahul Kapoor. It is available on Amazon. So that is the book which I always keep besides me because it, it has got short short chapters and it talks about uh, every life situation. And the biggest book which I I'll never forget to you know refer every week is is the uh, you know uh, the book on for which I can say zero to one by Peter Thief. These are the two books, yeah. these are the two books which I, I really love and you know, feel that you know they a good book. Apart from this, for the young listeners, I will tell that, you know, uh, look, don't take technology as your enemy, just try to embrace it, welcome it, and always, you know, see how best you can use the technology, because technology is a tool, it cannot replace human, it can never replace human, because human has got a value system, and human has got an emotion, human can think, technology can replicate the thinking process to a certain extent, but not towards all the extent. And here I would like to right. I would like to quote the uh, Uber founder uh, Travis Kalanick. He once said when he came to India, he said he there are applications out there who are better than Uber, but then they have 3,500 ideas also which they can do to beat Uber. But the one idea which is 3,501, the one is in my mind which cannot be replicated.
0: Wow, well, that's very well said. And, and some great, great, I love that quote, actually, and I appreciate you sharing those. Um, and I suppose, Rishab, in terms of our audience, you know, if they wish to maybe find out a bit more about you, where's the best place to connect with you at? They can
1: uh, they can write to me directly, Rishab uh, at the rate, dot B-I-Z, And I would be happy to respond, and they can log on to my site, bjstreet.biz, They can log on on to my YouTube channel, Taxi Street Local. They can find me out uh, on my Twitter handle also. Everything is available on site. Today, connectivity is not the issue. If there are any help which I can make to to your listeners, I would be happy to do that. And uh, I think I would say that the one message with which I will part uh, in the show that, you know, whatever we do, do your best and believe in yourself. I think that's the only success mantra.
0: Uh, rishab again thank you so much i mean you've been a fantastic guest mentor on our show uh, some great insights really really interesting career and some really interesting thoughts and knowledge that you developed from there and and sounds like a fantastic business biz street so looking forward to hearing great things about that in in the future as well so Rashab, thank, thanks again for investing your time on our show today Thank you
1: uh, thank you, Andrew. It's my pleasure to be on your show and it was a really great show. We had a great time and thank you for allowing me to be in your show and I look forward to be again and again with some new topic and I would also love to uh, onboard you as well.
0: <laughs> so there you have it. Hope you enjoyed today's show.